Morning Church family, and I'm so glad to be back with you. Last month was the month of June that ended our men's month, and I was so proud to see all of the fathers with their sons reading scripture and doing our call to worship. I want to give a special thanks to Deacon Autry as he coordinated all of the men and their sons uh, participating for men's month, and we're just so thankful for that. Wasn't it good to see our children up here with their fathers reading scripture? Some of them were moving around, doing hand motions, and bugging their eyes, making faces. But it's all right because we were just happy to have them up here and we're thankful for that. We're thankful for their participation and it'll be something that we all can look back on years later and laugh and say, look, we made sure that at New Morning Light Baptist Church you had a place in the pulpit where you were able to declare the word of God, either through praying, reading scripture or just being up here smiling. So we're thankful for God, to God, for what God has done and what God is doing in the life of this church. Nonetheless... This is the beginning of a new month, and I'm excited to announce the message for this Sunday. I'm calling this message, Message Received. Message Received. Before I get started, I just want to acknowledge and I want you all to bear with me. I have braces. I just got braces in my mouth not too long ago. So if you see something flash, no pastor doesn't have a grill in his mouth. He didn't go out and get a grill to start preaching on Sunday. No, these are braces I have in my mouth. If I had done what I was supposed to do when I was in elementary school, middle school, and high school wearing braces and retainers, I wouldn't be here right now putting them on my mouth again. Except this time, because I'm paying for them and my parents aren't, I am going to do all that I need to do. Amen. Sometimes we find ourselves just like the children of Israel going round and round, revisiting the same things we should have taken care of years before because we were stiff necked and stubborn. But I tell you, I'm so glad that I've been delivered from that spirit now that I'm paying for this myself. So brothers and sisters, bear with me with my braces and um, we will have a good time in reading scripture and dissecting the word this Sunday. As I said, the scripture or the sermon title this Sunday is called Message Received. Come on, bear with me. Message Received. This is a good one. I'm excited to bring it to you this Sunday morning. And I am coming out of 2 Samuel chapter 16, verses 5 through 13. That's 2 Samuel chapter 16, verses 5 through 13. I'll be reading a little bit. So bear with me. It's okay. We like to read scripture here at New Morning Light Baptist Church. So get your Bible out, your smartphone, and read the text along with me. This isn't necessarily a common text, but it is one that I think we can gain something from. Here we go. It says, when King David came to Baharim, a man of the family of the house of Saul came out whose name was Shimei son of Gera. He came out cursing. Somebody say cursing. He threw stones at David and at all the servants of King David. And now all the people and all the warriors were on his right and left. Shimei shouted while he cursed. Out, out, murderer, scoundrel. The Lord has avenged on all of you, the blood of the house of Saul, in whose place you have reigned, and the Lord has given the kingdom into the hand of your son, Absalom. See, disaster has overtaken you, for you 
are a man of blood. Then Abishai, son of Zeruiah, said to the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over and take off his head. But the king said, What have I to do with you, you son of Zeruiah? If he is cursing because the Lord has said to him, curse David, who then shall say, what have you done so? Why have you done so? I'm sorry. David said to Abishai and to all his servants, my own son seeks my life. How much more now may this Benjamite? He says, let me alone and let him curse for the Lord has bidden him. It may be that the Lord will look on my distress and the Lord will repay me with good for the cursing of me today. So David and his men went on the road while Shimei went along on the hillside opposite him and cursed as he went, throwing stones and flinging dust at him. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of this word. Mm, mm, mm. Brothers and sisters, I want you to pick up on the theme of this message. And the theme of this Sunday's message is don't miss the message focusing on the messenger. Yeah, I got to let that sit in for a moment. Let that marinate with you. I said, don't miss the message focused on the messenger. Don't, 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 don't miss what God is trying to tell you being caught up on the conduits in which God sends the message through brothers and sisters. Don't miss the message being focused on the messenger. You see, brothers and sisters, it's not easy in this life because we have to deal with God's children. And sometimes God's children can be frustrating. Sometimes they can try your nerves. They can get on your last nerves. They can do things. They can say things. They can be very, very manipulative. But brothers and sisters, don't miss the message. Focusing on the messenger. There are two concepts I want to define, not to insult your intelligence, but to bring insight to today's sermon. First, I want to define the word messenger, then the word message. You see, a messenger is someone or something that relays or delivers information. And a message is the information that is delivered by a sender to the receiver. Now, brothers and sisters, ironically, we know this difference. We understand this difference. However, sometimes we find ourselves treating these two concepts the same. See, have you ever gotten upset with someone because of a message they sent or something that they told you on behalf of someone else and then you get upset with what they told you and you start taking your anger out on the person that's telling you something and then they say, hold up, wait a second. Don't kill me, I'm just a messenger. Oh, hold, hold, hold on. I was just telling you what, what, what someone told me to tell you. Don't, 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 don't take your anger out on me. 
Brothers and sisters, sometimes we can get caught up in taking our frustration out on the messenger and lose sight of the message. You see, currently we have indirect messengers such as text message, such as social media, such as emails and, and, and all types of things of that nature. And what that does is dilute the message. And sometimes you can receive a message through these mediums and you don't know whether someone's being sarcastic or whether they're being funny. And you have to read the message two and three times to try to get an idea or feel for what's going on. And sometimes you can find yourself taking something that should have been a joke as a threat or something that should have been a simple question as sarcasm. And brothers and sisters, then the messenger has to come back and say, oh, no, you read that the wrong way. or Oh, no, I didn't mean it that way. Brothers and sisters, sometimes we can misinterpret messages. Now, what's interesting about this is during antiquity, remember, I've defined that in previous sermons as during the olden days, during specifically biblical times. They didn't have text message. They didn't have emails. They didn't have the DMs and social media and all of that. The way they would relay messages is if they didn't send them through a carrier, they would send them through a person. And brothers and sisters, before they had text message, before they had email and all the things they had today, a person would receive a message and they would take it to someone else. And oftentimes, people would try to intercept that message through harming the messenger. And brothers and sisters, what people sending the messages started having the messenger do is memorize the message so that the content would be in their head. But brothers and sisters, sometimes the recipient of a message would be so upset with the message's content that they would respond by taking out their frustration on the messenger. You see, brothers and sisters, when kings would, would, would communicate with each other, some kings that were ruthless and, and vicious and, 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 and just didn't care about morality or humanity, when one king that they didn't like would send a messenger to them with a message instead of responding to that messenger sometimes they would kill the messenger and that would be the answer to the message brothers and sisters that's where we get that cliche term don't kill me i'm just the messenger that's where we get it from but brothers and sisters i came to remind you this sunday morning not to lose sight of the message being focused on the messenger. You see, I want to remind someone today that the messenger is only a conduit for the message. Therefore, holding grudges or taking personal any messenger or any message that the messenger sends is evident that you missed the message. Let me say that again. I, I, I don't want you all to miss it. I said, therefore, holding grudges, taking personal what the messenger has brought you is evident 
that you've missed the content of the message. You see, I came to speak to someone this morning that is still struggling with people you have reoccurring issues with. Maybe people on your job, maybe uh, reoccurring trends in relationships, maybe friendships, maybe marriages, maybe family members, or even strangers. Brothers and sisters, sometimes we'll realize that situations we deal with are the same, but the people change. And if there's anybody on the other side of the screen this Sunday morning that keeps dealing with the same scenarios, keeps dealing with the same issues, but with different people who have no connection to each other. At some point, you have to ask yourself the question, who's the common denominator? At some point, you have to realize that the only person that's in all of these situations that has not changed is you. Therefore, that alludes to the fact that you've been getting caught up on holding grudges, being upset with the messenger. But you've yet to read or receive the message. And brothers and sisters, if you keep going around having these same issues with messengers, at some point, you have to focus on the message. I came to speak to someone this morning about how you're missing the message because you're too focused on the messenger. You see, God sends messages about areas in our life we need to change. Faith we need to have. Patience we need to exercise. And things we need to let go of through the messenger of people. You see... You can find yourself having the same issues, but with different people. And like I just said, sometimes it's not always the people. Sometimes it's you who haven't received the message. You see, this is the best practice here. Whenever you find yourself in a reoccurring scenario with different people in different areas of your life, refocus on the scenario which is the message, and stop blaming the people who are the messengers. I know what you're wondering, and I know what you're asking yourself. Well, who are these messengers? Well, the messengers are people that you've labeled in your life as jealous, people that you've labeled in your life as takers, people that you've labeled in your life as users, people that you've labeled in your life as negative. These are messengers, and I know oftentimes we want to get rid of these messengers, but oftentimes there's a message that the messenger is bringing. Brothers and sisters, the message is a situation where someone is using you. The message is are situations where you are continually feeling unappreciated. The message or the messages are scenarios where people are constantly putting you down or reminding you you're not all you think you are. The messages are the realization you are genuine and you have a lot to give. But you're always letting people in your life that take. Brothers and sisters, Matthew 
chapter 7 says, don't give what is holy to dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them underfoot and turn and tear you to pieces. Brothers and sisters, Matthew chapter 10 says, I am sending you out like sheep into the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpent and innocent as doves. And brothers and sisters, we have to realize that God didn't design us to be taken advantage of. God didn't design us to think less of ourselves and be used and abused and not understand our value or worth. God sends messages through people to reveal when we put too much trust in people or ourselves instead of faith in him. God sends messages through people to convict us when we are on the wrong path. So therefore, I must ask you again. Can you receive a message from God and not be distracted by the messenger? In the text today, we find ourselves with King David. And King David teaches us how to focus on the message and not be distracted by the messenger. 2 Samuel 16 says, Simei cursed King David and threw stones and flung dust at him and his attendants. And when one of King David's men asked to kill him, David said, leave him alone and let him curse. For the Lord has told him to. He said, it may be that the Lord will look on the wrong done to me and that the Lord will repay me with good for his cursing today. Brothers and sisters, can you receive a message from God? And not be distracted by the messenger. You see, this King David in the text that we're reading about today is no longer the shepherd boy herding sheep. This is no longer the David that was a pupil in King Saul's household. This is no longer the David that had to prove himself on the battlefield with Goliath. This isn't David that was hiding in a cave. Trying to save his life. This is the new updated King David. This is now King David of Israel. The supreme leader of the 12 tribes of Israel. This is the King David. The one that has killed over 10,000 men. And built a reputation for being a fierce warrior. This is King David. The one who enemy empires fear. Brothers and sisters, the Bible says that God delivered every enemy into the hand of David. The Bible says God granted all his desires. King David had favor on his life and God was pleased with King David. However, ironically, we find ourselves here in the text where Shimei is throwing rocks throwing dirts, and cursing him out. Brothers and sisters, what's ironic about this is before we get into the message that David received, I want to point out that God received a message from David's actions. 
If we interpret God as our heavenly father, therefore meaning uh, or look at it or look at God as a parent of all of us and we are God's children, God learned something from his child, David. God received the message through King David's actions that when you give your children more than they can handle. Or I should say, when you give your children too much, they can develop a spirit of entitlement that influences to take things that are not theirs. I'm going to say that again just in case someone missed it. I'm not stepping on anybody's toes or trying to call anybody out, but I just want you to know that even God realized through his interaction with King David that when you give your children too much, they can develop a spirit of entitlement that influences them to take things that aren't theirs. Maybe not all children, but in many cases, this can be the case. And King David was God's poster child for righteousness. King David was even labeled a man after God's own heart. But you see, brothers and sisters, King David angered God by sleeping with Bathsheba and killing her husband Uriah to cover up the pregnancy. I'll make the theological claim Brothers and sisters, that God learned from this lesson. He can give us everything at once, but sometimes our mind can't handle it and we get to the point where we start feeling entitled. You see, God learned this lesson from King David that he can't give us everything. And that sometimes he has to delay some of the things we ask for. Sometimes he forces us to have to get on our knees and make our petitions known to him through prayer and fasting. Sometimes he realizes he has to require failure from us in order for us to come to him in full submission before receiving. You see, no one else in the Bible is, is characterized by having the same relationship that King David had with God. But now we see God makes his children work for certain blessings after David commits this serious atrocity. You see, this lesson teaches us there needs to be some requirements for our time. There needs to be some requirements for our love, there needs to be some requirements for us just giving our body that we just don't give stuff away freely, brothers and sisters. That certain things need to come at us cause certain times, brothers and sisters, you have to show your value by not being as accessible. And you see, Brothers and sisters, God has learned through his interaction with King David that when you give your children too much, sometimes they can develop a spirit of entitlement. You see, brothers and sisters, I had to learn this lesson the hard way. I had to learn this lesson from a message from my mother when I was in elementary school. You see, being an only child, I love making friends. And I would go to school 
and try to make as many friends as I could. And my mother began to notice that the things that she gave me, such as writing utensils, colored pencils, and all the things that I would need for class in elementary school, when I would come back home, I wouldn't have them because I had given them out to the other people at school. And brothers and sisters, what my mother had to pull me aside and give me the message to help me understand is that she wasn't giving me things to give to someone else. She told me very quickly at an early age, she said, we don't buy friends. That's not something we do here in this household. If people can't accept you and be with you for who you are, whether you have something to give or you can give nothing at all, we don't buy friends. And my mother pointed out to me, she said, now watch these people that you've been giving all the things that I've been giving you. Watch if they stay around you. Watch if they're still your friend. Watch how they treat you when you stop giving it to them. And to my dismay, I hated to believe it. I was upset with her being the, the messenger. But I received the message that when I stopped being so accessible, when I stopped giving so much of the things that my mother had given me, I noticed my circle of friends got smaller and smaller. And brothers and sisters, I came to point out to somebody today that some of the reasons you're feeling used and abused, some of the reasons you're feeling fed up and tired, some of the reasons that you're experiencing some of the heartache and pain that you're experiencing is because of the simple fact that you've been giving too much and requiring too little. And brothers and sisters, that's the spirit of God that God has given you. But even God realized through dealing with us as his children that when he gives his children too much, you can have a spirit of entitlement. And the same way God realized this, you must realize this, that when you give people too much, people can start feeling entitled to your time. People can start feeling entitled to your money. People can start feeling entitled to your body. People can start feeling entitled to your things. And at some point, you have to say, hold up. At some point, you have to stop. And sometimes God will send messengers in your life to help you come to that conclusion. And those messengers may hurt you. Those messengers may keep using you until you get to the point where you say, Lord, I can't do this anymore. Lord, I can't take this anymore. And at some point, you have to turn your life around. Brothers and sisters, this is a lesson where God gets the message that he is giving King David too much. But God also sends a message to the king that he has gone too far. You see, brothers and sisters, God sends a message through the prophet Nathaniel. This is in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verses 8 through 10, that, 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 that David has gone too far. This is after David has slept with Bathsheba and then sent her husband Uriah to the front lines and Uriah has been killed. God sends Nathaniel, the prophet, I'm sorry, sends Nathan, the prophet. To give David a message. And Nathan tells David from God. He says, I have, he says, I gave your master's house to you. 
and your master's wives in your arm. I gave you all Israel and Judea. And if all of this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. Brothers and sisters, King David received the message from a prophet that God was upset. And this is where we see the decline of David's dynasty. This is where we see the decline of David's household, brothers and sisters. This is the foundation of the decline of David's empire, which then began to lead to the splitting of the Israelite people between the northern and southern kingdom. This is what led to the beginning of the fall of the Israelites. And brothers and sisters, if you don't see it, let me break it down and make it plain to you. After Uriah slept with Bathsheba, Bathsheba became pregnant, but then the baby died. A little bit of time passes, and then King David's son, Amnon, rapes his sister, Tamar. Then King David's other son, Absalom, avenges the rape of his sister Tamar by killing Amnon. Then Absalom goes on the run for killing Amnon. While he's on the run, he has the idea that, wait a second, maybe I should be king. And then he comes back to kill David and overthrow his father so that he could be king. And now we're here in the text at 2 Samuel 16 verses 5 through 13 and King David is on the run with his attendants and his household fleeing from his own son, Absalom. David is now living through the fulfillment of the message that the prophet gave him. King David is dealing with the same spirit of taking within his family that he manifested from taking Uriah's wife. And it is destroying him and his household. Brothers and sisters, if you don't see it, I got to break it back down for you so you can see how the spirit of taking permeated through David's household. First, God takes Bathsheba's baby when it dies. Then King David's son Amnon takes Tamar's virginity through raping her. Then King David's other son Absalom takes his brother Amnon's life for taking his sister's Tamar's virginity. Then Absalom comes and then wants to take the throne from King David. And brothers and sisters, you see this spirit of entitlement. You see this aspect of taking that King David manifesting through taking Bathsheba, Uriah's wife, is now permeating through his family line. Brothers and sisters, this reminds me of a homework assignment I had in seminary. This one was 
a unique assignment that I really enjoyed because it involved you examining your family tree. I did this in the class known as pastoral care, and we had to make something called a genogram. And that's where we had to call different members of our family to kind of draw out and make a family tree. But not only did you need to get people's names and find out where they died, but you also had to ask questions to try to pick up different trends or habits or situations that were reoccurring through your family lineage. And brothers and sisters, what was so interesting about this assignment is after we had done all of our research and called our family members and we came back to class and revealed what we learned, one thing we realized is that some people, or I should say a couple of things we realized, is that some people had a history of alcoholism running through their family. Some people had a history of suicide running through their family. Some people had an issue of financial disparity running through their family where no one in their family had had stable jobs or stable income or had anything that they truly owned that they could pass down. Some people had an issue of infidelity running through their family. Some people had an issue of reoccurring trend of divorce and others had issues of child molestation and rape running through their family. And brothers and sisters, what this revealed to us is that some of the issues that we were facing from day to day were issues or traumas that had been unresolved dating back in our family line from people we didn't even know or realize were dealing with trauma. Brothers and sisters, sometimes the trauma that you're dealing with, sometimes the issues that you're facing isn't a trauma of your own, but is the same trauma that your mother dealt with. It's the same trauma that your daddy dealt with. It's the same trauma that your grandma and, them and all of them faced. And brothers and sisters, I want to know if you've considered some of the issues you have in your life is the result of unresolved and inherited trauma in your family line. Some of us can identify where the men in our family line were womanizers. Some of us can identify where the women in our family line were always looking for love in the wrong places. Some of us can identify how finances have always been an issue because no one taught or showed us how to manage our money well. Brothers and sisters, God wants you to stop blaming people in your family. God wants you to stop looking and blaming all the folks that were there and weren't there, weren't there, that took advantage of you, that used you. God wants you to begin to focus on the message of dealing with the inherited, unresolved trauma. See, King David's actions have ruined his family line. Second Samuel 16, 5 says, he is on the run from his son Absalom. And a man comes cursing and throwing rocks. And ironically, instead of killing him, King David listens to him and receives a message from God. And brothers and sisters, I want to ask you, how many of you can hear a message from God and not be distracted by the messenger? How many of you can go through hell, get cursed out, pelted 
tested with stones, talked about like a dog, used and abused, and still see God in the circumstance, still hear God trying to communicate with you. Brothers and sisters, Simei curses him, calling him a murderer, saying he is caught in his own evil for all the blood and wrongdoing he's done. Brothers and sisters, King David teaches us to focus on the message and not the messenger. The Bible tells us that King David says, what does this have to do with you, son of Zeruiah? If he is cursing because the Lord said to him, curse David, who can ask, why do you do this? Brothers and sisters, David understands that this man's cursing is coming from God. That God is trying to get his attention. God is trying to show him that I'm disappointed in you because you were on the right track. But you got off on the wrong track and now I have to get your attention. And brothers and sisters, God is so determined to get our attention that he'll use people in our family. He'll use people that are our friends. He'll use people on our job. He'll use even strangers. And you think they're trying to, to, to hurt you and be spiteful to you just because of who you are. But sometimes, brothers and sisters, God is just trying to get your attention to show you that you've gone the wrong way. Sometimes, brothers and sisters, God is using these messengers to redirect your focus so that you can realign yourself with him. Sometimes, brothers and sisters, that heartache, that divorce, that job you didn't get, being laid off, sometimes all of that is about redirecting your focus Back to God. Because when we put material things, when we put people over God, God is upset. God is disappointed. And God is heartbroken. And brothers and sisters, God is a jealous God. And as I like to always say, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God stands forever. And brothers and sisters, we have to interpret the messengers that God sends us, not as spitefulness, but as opportunity to reevaluate our relationship with him and what we're doing on the path he set for us. Brothers and sisters, if I could use my theological imagination, I can see King David walking on the road with his attendants around him and just listening. As Shimei curses and throws stones at him, listening and not even getting upset because, brothers and sisters, I'm sure as he's listening, he's reflecting on all the wrong he's done. He's reflecting on how far he's, 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 he's shifted from being on the right path and being in right relationship with God. I, I, I'm sure he's taking this to heart. And not taking it personal based off the person that is antagonizing him. But taking this is how God feels about him at this time. And brothers and sisters, he feels so bad that he tells his attendant who could kill this man to let him be. And brothers and sisters, you have to get to a point where you can be like David. When someone comes cursing you, you can be like David. When someone comes to use and abuse you, you can be like David and you can pay attention to the message 
and not get caught up on the messenger and say in your spirit, God, I received this message. Say in your spirit, message received. You see, Luke 6, 28 tells us that we need to be at a point where we can bless those who curse us and pray for those who mistreat us. And the only way you can do that is because you understand that God may be sending you a message through a messenger. And brothers and sisters, when you get to that train of thought, when people leave you, don't be upset. Just say message received. When people talk about you, don't be upset. Just say message received. When people use you and abuse you, don't be upset. Just say message received. When people reject you and all you've done is show them love, just say message received. Don't take what you've experienced personal. Just ask God, what is the message you want me to receive? You see, if you take time to understand this message, you will realize people are conduits for the lessons God wishes to teach. Matthew chapter 5 verses 11 through 12 says, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kind of evil things against you because of me. Verse 12 says, Rejoice! I'll say that again. Verse 12 says, rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Brothers and sisters, whenever you find yourself in reoccurring scenarios, whenever you find yourself facing the same issues, but the people bringing the issue have different faces, what I need you to do is ask yourself the question. Ask yourself, what message does God want me to receive? And ask yourself, am I losing sight of the message because I'm too busy focused or I'm too busy being focused on the messenger? Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. Brothers and sisters, this message can help you get through a lot. And this message can help you truly be an example of God's grace and exercise patience no matter what comes your way. That if whenever somebody that's being rude and nasty to you comes to you, you just say, Lord, you don't have to say it out loud. Just say it in your spirit. What is the message you want me to receive? Now at this time, if you are looking for a church home, or if you're looking to have a deeper relationship with God that allows you to get to this point where you can bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you, I know someone that you can get connected with that will help you do this. And that's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And brothers and sisters, the first thing you must do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And that's the first step. But after doing that, you have to get connected to a church home. You have to get connected to this word. And you have to be disciplined enough to not give up on yourself 
and not give up on God, but hold on to his unchanging hand and do all you can do to stay connected. Brothers and sisters, I thank each and every one of you all that are watching, and I pray that this message blesses you and you get to a point in your life where you can receive messages and not be caught up on the messenger. Here at New Morning Light Baptist Church, we have a little small saying we like to say. The joy I have, the world didn't give it to me, and the world can't take it away. We say we are thankful for what God has done, what God is doing, and what God will do. Thank you for watching, and may God bless you.